2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a Decoding TV podcast covering the latest and greatest in reality television. I'm Justin. And I'm Deja. On today's episode of Decoding Reality, we just want to give you guys a heads up. This is a trigger warning for domestic violence on the finale of The Ultimatum on Netflix. Uh, You can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv and email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. So on today's episode, we'll start by covering the last episode of Netflix's The Ultimatum. And then we'll cover the reunion of Netflix's The Ultimatum. And then we'll give our thoughts about everything So before we get into it, it is the final episode of this coverage of Decoding Reality, which means we are going to answer some listener questions, a lot of feedback, a lot of commentary about these uh, episodes that we've done. I don't know about you, Deja, but I'm still overwhelmed about the reception to this pod. So we're going to start this episode by reading off a couple of comments and questions from our fans. So, Deja, what did you get in your inbox?
3: Yeah, so to start, I got a comment slash question from a listener named Joy. Joy, thank you for listening. Thank you for having so much curiosity and wanting to talk with us. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. I want to hear your thoughts first and then kind of give my thoughts. So they said... Is this show concept doomed from the start because they're trying to shoehorn queer love into structures like engagement and marriage? Engagement and marriage feel like they're descended directly from patriarchy, a belief in private property rights that bleeds into personal rights, and religions that tend not to think highly of women. I was particularly struck by people who seemed they would be well served to explore polyamory even as a question, but it felt like that topic couldn't be broached within the editing of the show or it would ruin the premise and dramatic arc.
2: What do you think about that, Justin? I, I I halfway agree with Joy. I halfway agree. Because I I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Because I know the Netflix editing is a huge player in this game. But at the same time, I want to keep the quote-unquote contestants agency in this. Because I feel as though if they truly wanted to... They would. <laughs> you know, I think there is a pressure from the producers and everybody on the show trying to stick to the format of the show. But, and I will say some of the most dynamic moments of reality television are when people push back against the producers and push back against that narrative. So I think it still could have happened, although it would be harder, it still could could have happened if they really wanted to talk about polyamory and stuff like that. And as far as like I guess the queerness of it all and um, fitting in traditional like stereotypes and stuff like that, I think Joy is hitting the nail on the head that unfortunately a lot of these practices do (laughs) only, are only there to benefit men. (laughs) It's very very true. And you can't get around that. But hopefully there's ways out of it. I don't know about that. I, I take that back. What do you think, Daisha?
3: <laughs> I think I I think I agree and maybe like add to that because I do feel like if they are on the show, these are queer people who are interested in marriage. Um and I think that even talking about the history of queerness and how, you know, gay people came to fight for rights to marriage, it wasn't all about validating their love on paper, because that love can be just as strong regardless of it. But when your loved one is sick, and you can't be let into the hospital because the family saying you're just a friend, uh, especially during the AIDS crisis, when, you know, things are going wrong in their life, and, you know, you might need to rely on each other financially. One thing after another is made harder just by not having that. So I think regardless of what reasons these people have for wanting to get married, whether that piece of paper really does mean a lot to them or it's for other reasons in their life. I think it it has a place in queerness because it has a place in the societies that queerness exists in. Um, but I do agree that it didn't feel like there was room for further conversation. Gender was really mishandled in the entire show. Um, not showing pronouns is something we've had gripes with from the beginning, but I think how often contestants misgendered one another, uh, without any correction that we could see, uh, without just to pop up on the screen so that at least the millions of people watching can respect that person. Um, there wasn't conversation on polyamory, and I think from other Netflix shows, we know there's a high level of control and manufacturing and editing that Netflix likes to... To con concert over their reality TV, so there's no reason there couldn't have been, you know, somebody asking Yoli, Yoli, girl, does it need to be just one? Por qué no los dos? There's no way there wasn't some kind of conversation happening amongst those people, but we didn't get to see yeah. any of
2: it. Uh, here's the thing, I I I I hesitate. I'm going to hesitate. In saying that polyamory is a solution to relationship problems, you know, if I, I I'm always cautious of people. Um, I don't know if you uh, watch Couples Therapy on Showtime. Whoo, man, what a show! I don't know. I don't know if any of the listeners watch this, um, but in that show where they're actually going through therapy, sometimes people use polyamory as a tool to fix the relationship problems and it never goes well. (laughs) It never goes well because it's, it's being used as a tool to fix things as opposed to like, uh, I'm probably butchering this for the poly people who listen to this podcast, but a a polyamorous person being like, I have the capacity to love multiple people fully and deeply, you know? And so, well, to uh, whatever floats your boat, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Um, but I do want to delve into another episode, or not episode, another comment slash email from a listener all the way from the Czech Republic, Martina. Thank you so much for writing. I want to read your email out loud because I thought it was so fascinating. But They say, hey guys, I just wanted to say that I love your comments and thoughts on the first four episodes. You mentioned that the cast of this season should know what's going on since they saw the first season. I'm not sure if you already know that, but the cast confirmed that this season was filmed in late 2021. The first season came out in 2022, which means that they didn't have the chance to see it. Although, we can see in later episodes that there is a date, twelve fourteen twenty one on Aussie's note. I was kind of surprised by that, and it has to be so weird for them to relive all the drama that happened almost two years ago. I hope that my message is understandable, since I am not a native English speaker. Love your podcast, keep going, sending much love from Czech Republic, Martina, I think your English was fantastic, Martita. That was a beautiful email. But, holy cow, thank you for that email, because I did not know that. I genuinely did not know. If, if these two seasons of The Ultimatum were filmed back-to-back, that means that, oh, I... That means that, I, I use this term lightly, but we got two true seasons of a reality television. Because a lot of times when you're watching reality TV, the I would say the most honest version of the show is probably the first two seasons at most. Because the contestants aren't that don't know the the game excuse me. The gaminess of it. You know, they can't like trick the system. They can't get there for Instagram followers, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. They're going they're taking the the chance at face value. So if that's true, the first season and Queer Love, I think we have to keep that in mind that these contestants are taking this at face value. And I I would like to say that this season, Queer Love, took it I would say more I don't want to say it's for the entire cast, but I think that they took this experiment more faithfully than the first ultimatum on Netflix. Deja, what did you think?
3: I think that realizing how much time has gone without them knowing what was going to happen, how this is going to be edited, what this is going to look like, and going into it from the start, not knowing what was going on, changes my view of the show in a lot of ways, mainly in just the emotional turmoil that must have been. These were months of their lives. Um, And It feels like Netflix has kind of traded away the veneer of like realness and that like people are experiencing these very real, very, you know, genuine things, not for the value of being an influencer. They just want to be here. They know that the people they're employing, like a lot of them see this as a stepping stone to some brand deals Um, or they're aware that that's a possibility at least. And they switch it and they say, well, actually, it's authentic because they don't know what they're signing up for. Because they also have started doing this with Love is Blind and kind of tricking people, making them think they're on a completely different show. Um, Excuse me, not Love is Blind. They've been doing that with Too Hot to Handle. So if Netflix keeps duping people into signing up for a show, I feel like we got to have a new conversation about ethics in all of this. And what people are emotionally prepared to handle versus what they think they're going into. So, I, I, I want
2: to jump off your point about ethics, because we do see that this finale, or not finale, reunion, was filmed before the reception of the show, and I think that changes so much. More so, I think you can see this most importantly when in the reunion, when the host of the show, oh, God bless her, I forgot her name, uh, the host of this version of the, oh, what was her name? Oh, man. Anyway, the host of the show said um, they were talking about Vanessa and Ray's relationship and how the drama happened between Vanessa, Ray, and Lexi. And she called it Fingergate. And I would like to say that I'm pretty online on this show. Nobody was calling it Fingergate. Nobody! I feel as though they were trying to coin the term before it happened. The same way, uh, this is semi-related, but the same way, uh, Infinity War came out, and everyone online just called it the snap. The snap, you know? Oh, so-and-so got snap, Or some people would call it dusted. Oh, Spider-Man got dusted. So-and-so got dusted. Spoilers. And then the next movie, they called it The Blip. (sighs) No one was calling it The Blip. You missed that cultural moment, you know what I mean? Did you did you see it as much as I did on the reunion, Deja?
3: It felt like no one was fully prepared for how people would see them, except Vanessa. Vanessa was acutely awa- aware right, of how right. that was going to present to other people. And I will say, throughout this, I felt like cutting Vanessa a little bit more slack because it, it was getting to a wild point. But she was the only one who came with preparation.
2: You're right. You're right. You're right. I will say, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Vanessa came out the best, I would say, out of this. Besides maybe Aussie and Sam, but Vanessa really came out clean, not, I wouldn't say clean slate, but cleaner than I thought she would be way cleaner than I thought what she would be speaking of like cleaner than I thought she should be. We should take a break and your word from our sponsors, right? now.
1: Life is full of what ifs some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
2: And we're back! Welcome to Decoded Reality, home of the latest and greatest in reality television, and now we are going to get into the recap of the last episode of The Ultimatum Queer Love. We are going to do things slightly differently, and we're going to co- um, cover the couples And all of their developments at the same time. And then we'll move on to the next couple. And we are going to start off with Deja's favorite couple, Yoli and Mal. Because they left us on a cliffhanger on episode 8. Because Mal proposed to Yoli. And I would have bet all the money, all my bottom dollars, that Yoli would say no to this proposal. But Yoli said yes. Are you... uh, Yoli said yes to the proposal, because I guess my first car theory is wrong. I guess that only applies to The Bachelor. Um, But Mal is ready to build a house. They're ready to house hunt. They're, They're ready to make a baby, too, and save up for IVF, and that's wonderful. But Yoli is really hesitant. And you would think that this proposal would be a moment of joy, but Yoli cannot stop sobbing. And I'm not sure if this is still a yes at this point. Deja, what did you think of Mal's proposal besides the the drawstrings on the outfit? But we'll get to that in another pod.
3: (laughs) You know how you can't look away from a train wreck? It turns out when things are worse than a train wreck, you can look away. I had to pause (laughs) so many times to get through this. If someone were to start five seconds before I propose to them and say, just so you know, I am in love with someone else. I'm not getting down on one knee. And if I do that, I can't talk about you were playing in my face. I'm playing in my own face. I'm in the mirror. It's too much. You can't just take that and then start talking about, you know, she's been nothing but honest, but we're going to get through it together. Get through her love romantic love for someone else out of your monogamous relationship it doesn't make any sense at all um i do think it was interesting that after saying yes yoli talked about why Mao felt the need to be backed into a corner which is Mm -hmm. worth asking but like you already agree to it does that answer actually matter to you at all Mm -hmm. it just felt like they weren't sure what they were doing it didn't feel like either of them was acting logically as much as this is what we're supposed to do next.
2: Here's the thing. Um, if if you're going to listen to this podcast and get dating advice, here's Justin's dating advice corner. And I don't have a lot of tips, but I do have some tried and true ones. I will say. And one of them being the proposal should never, ever, 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 be a surprise and what I mean by that is and I'm not talking about like don't plan the the flash mob or like the sky riding or whatever don't I'm not saying that I'm saying that if you have not had a full discussion about what marriage means to the both of you and And what this proposal means to the both of you and you are confident that you have talked to their parents, their mom, their dad, their sister. No, I wouldn't say that. Actually, I take that part back. You don't have to ask for permission, but just let them know if they're in communication with their parents that you're going to do this and if you are not 100% confident that they're going to say yes when you get down on that one knee. Do not propose. It's one of the, like, what do they say when, uh, when you're about to get tried? Uh, what's it called? Uh, um, beyond the reasonable doubt. If you were beyond the reasonable doubt that that person is going to say yes, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And uh, Mal, I'm rooting for you. We were all rooting for you, but you could see from a mile away that Yoli was hesitant. I know you bought the ring, but it will be there. It'll be in your drawer. And I'm just maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it, it does say a lot to me how Yoli, I think, saw this as a loss uh, in her life. You know, uh, being with now saw this as a loss because that means they were losing Xander. You know what I mean? And Yoli, if you're listening to this, if you want to come onto the pod and explain yourself, be my guest. Because this confused the ever-living hell out of me. Did it confuse you, Deja? Because I was confused. We were all confused.
3: I feel like Yoli and Mal kept bringing up this idea of family, loyalty, ride or die. Family loyalty ride or die over and over and over again. But for Yo Lee to say to Xander, if love was enough, it would be you. But for Mal, loyalty is enough somehow. And it just feels like their values are not lined up with what they're trying to get into. They're not just trying to get into a business deal, who has been around the longest, has the best track record to stick around. Like you're talking about a marriage. You're talking about a lifelong ideally romantic partnership. But it just felt as though, to them, continuing with someone was more important than being enamored with someone. Um, Whoa.
2: It didn't... It just felt like it was being
3: dealt with in very different ways. Because Mal, for all... I think the edit shifted intensely between the first batch of episodes and the second. Because it kind of just stopped happening. That Mal was talking about having kids with Lexi. You know? Mal was talking about, because of you, I could leave this engaged. And something shifted, clearly. But for them, loyalty was returning to Yoli the second the trial marriage with Lexi ended. It was a complete snap of attention. For them, that's what loyalty was. For Yoli, it was, even though I want to leave, I'll keep going with you. And Yoli, you should have just left. Because loyalty yeah. was not all that was being asked for it was loyalty but also desire and it just wasn't there
2: i i feel bad okay because we will get to yoli later on in the episode because we are going to move on to our next proposal and that is all about tiff and mildred this proposal is on a very windy beach um I saw that when Tiff was walking up to this spot on the very windy beach, they had a bulge in their back pocket. And I was like, they're going to (laughs) propose. There was no doubt in my mind. But due to Netflix editing, they did have me second guessing for a lot. Tiff, in their speech to Mildred, said that this experience allowed them to put their feelings on the line. And there was music that did not seem romantic. It was like a Donna, almost. I almost sounded like the Jaws theme to me. But it was a very long, you know, discussion back and forth. Tiff gets down on one knee and says, "Yes." Um, I don't know if you want to get into this now or later, but under no circumstances did I think that this. Relationship would last, or I did not think this proposal was a good idea from the jump. Because number one, I do think at this point in what we're seeing, that I don't. I think there was a lot of caveats in what Mildred and Tiff were saying to each other. At this point in the episode, I do think that it was a question of like with Mal loyalty. You know, dance with who you came with. I think that's playing a lot into this. But at the end of the day, I don't think that this proposal was built to last. What did you think, Deja?
3: I don't think it was built to last. And I don't feel that either of them necessarily felt it would. Uh, Especially when Mildred was saying that she wants someone who's going to love her unconditionally. It just might not be Tiff. That's not a normal thought to have seconds before saying yes to a proposal. And I was bothered that right up until the moment of, of the proposal, Mildred was still using she, her pronouns for TIFF, which was also the case when Mildred had Aussie as their trial partner. Mildred has just seemed to refuse to pay attention. To people's pronouns. And when you have a partner who uses they, them pronouns, that's nuts to me. I will say, we can't be sure that Tiff used those pronouns at the time of filming. But we can see that a lot of the other characters use they, them when referring to Tiff. Oh,
2: I have beef with Netflix right now. Because maybe it's because I look for these things when people dress up. But there was no little uh, towel so, when Tiff did get uh, down on one knee, their pants were just covered in dirt. I was like, oh, man. ah, oh, that sucks. Uh, sorry, Tiff. But, go on. It's, uh, I, I, I'll save it for the reunion. I'll save it for the reunion. But, it, there was just so many, I'll say yes, but this, that, and the other. XYZ, ABC and if your proposal is just not like yes, 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 like full on yes, I, I red flags and the the red sirens were going off on this proposal extremely. But that's all I'll say about Tiff and Mildred for now. I I have a feeling that we're gonna say a lot about Tiff and Mildred later on in the episode. But we'll move on to Sam and Aussie, who in my opinion had the worst proposal I have ever seen on a reality show. Uh, Okay, Uh, you know what? You know what? I won't even go there. I won't even go there because I'm, 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 please, I'm yelling at my television, Sam, run. Sam, you can do better. Sam, Aussie is not ready. And the Netflix editors thought so too because we were under the impression that is aussie gonna run what's aussie gonna do this that and the other aussie this is another tip from justin uh this is a fashion tip i don't know a lot about fashion but i do know some things uh never wear a shirt with writing under a dress shirt it doesn't matter how uh it doesn't matter how uh thick your shirt is Never do it because if you sit down and like uh, the lettering pops out, if your shirt folds, you never want to be that person. Don't do it. Best to stick with a white uh, wife pleaser or white t-shirt. Just (laughs) point of order. If anyone's listening to this.
3: (laughs) Look how the tables have turned. You're now giving fashion tips to queer people, not the other way around. (laughs) Listen,
2: listen. Okay. That tip comes from years of going to church. Every Sunday, you learn how to dress up. You know, you make sure. Here's another tip: make sure your belt matches your shoes. Um, and what's Amen. another one? And because this is this is such a tangent, the tangent, but you would see young um, young men in church who would have a graphic tee under their white dress shirt, and you would think no one would care, but people did notice, and it, it it just took the outfit down. Way more than it should, you know. But not anyway. exactly a proposal look. <laughs> it's not a proposal look. And another thing, Aussie, get your neck measured because your your neck on your dress shirt was just flop. You know what? Never mind. Well this is not fashion corner. <laughs> but during this proposal, Sam seemed so resigned, I would say, is the best word I would use to describe Sam. And Aussie has on, like, this butterfly tie, you know? I think their proposal spot was very nice. When Sam was walking to the proposal spot, they noticed how the butterflies and the lizards reminded uh, her of family members, which is really sweet. And so that's when Ozzy starts Ozzy's speech. And Ozzy goes on about penguins and how they pick a very special rock for their significant others. And that's when. Aussie. Pulled out of Ozzy's pocket. A literal heart shaped rock. And I nearly <laughs> lost it. Because. If this is. Aussie's way of running. And not having to propose. I swear to god. I swear to god. And Ozzy And uh, Sam's reaction. Sam's reaction was like. Oh. Thanks! It's like that meme where it's like an avocado. Thanks. Sam looks so defeated, so defeated. And then that's when Aussie pulled out a real ring. I swear to God. And proposes. Sam says yes. And I wanna give people the benefit of the doubt. I truly do. But Aussie proposing when they haven't even told their parents about um, Sam. Um, and I want to say this. If it's not safe for people to come out, you, I think people should do whatever feels safest for them. I'm not saying you should come out to people when it's not a safe environment. I don't want to say that. But I, I, I am worried that... Slightly skip ahead. A slight skip ahead. But even when we get to the reunion... Ozzy's family still doesn't know about Sam. And still doesn't know that Ozzy is even queer. And... And they're still not married. And I just think... That... Maybe they didn't... Give the ultimatum. Or they didn't do anything within the spirit of the show. What did you think, Deja? Because... I was a little let down that Sam couldn't get out, I will say.
3: I think maybe what it is is a just different dimension of safety. We've seen Aussie be incredibly emotionally vulnerable in response to situations where Aussie's critiqued or challenged. And people all over have commented on this like, that sounds like inner child trauma. and That sounds like that's coming from upbringing and Aussie even mentions that fact I think it's a case where while it may be physically safe because Aussie's an adult and has their life and etc it's not emotionally safe for them right now and we'll get to it but it does sound as though Aussie has put in work and for this couple a long engagement where Aussie is committing to working on their issues creating the bonds needed to stay together. That's not bad. I don't think it's a loss for them to take their time because if they had gotten married soon after engagement, things would go badly. There's no way that Aussie was ready for that. Absolutely not. And everybody on the internet agrees with that. So I think there's a level where we just got to be proud that they're take- that they as a unit are taking their time.
2: But here's the thing though. Is that, is that within the spirit of the show though? like, I know that. No, like, but screw the show a little I, bit. Okay, yes. Uh, yes, also screw the show if you need to. Because if the whole concept is use this experience, decide whether or not you are ready for marriage or not, and Aussie is not ready for marriage, and Sam still is with uh, them, or, you know, Sam is still with Aussie, I am. I, I am debating whether or not this was a good show or situation for Aussie at all. You know, if this was the outcome, I, I don't know if this was... I don't know if this was the show for you, Aussie. Maybe maybe um Millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? I think, Aussie, you'd be great at that. Or, I mean, oh, or what about that show where it's like you're guessing... Um, what your partner thinks about you. What's that show? The Dating Game. Newlywed Show. The Newly... I think that'd be great for you, Aussie. The Ultimatum. Perfect. I don't know. Actually, you know who I really think? Love is Blind for Aussie. I, I think that would be really good. Because there's a barrier. You don't have to run. It's like, almost like non-confrontation. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no Aussie's engaged I mean Aussie can't be on Love is Blind but I'm just saying I'm just saying whatever a little disappointed but that's okay that's okay I'm rooting for you Sam I'm rooting for you Aussie I hope it all works out meanwhile we get to probably one of the juiciest parts of the episode and that is Xander and Vanessa's proposal Um, I don't know if Xander knows at this point what Yoli is going to say to Mal, but Vanessa says, while they're talking to the producers, that the ultimatum has switched. Um, it was Xander giving the ultimatum when the show began, but now Vanessa is kind of giving the ultimatum now. And this proposal spot is very sweet. There's a lot of shadow. It's on a bench, and it's like, lush green forest jungle scenario it's very beautiful but it doesn't seem romantic because it's on the bench which means they're going to be sitting a lot and at this point i can't tell if it's a breakup but it was a breakup and they both seem okay with that vanessa goes on to say that they hope they find each other at another time lifetimes through lifetimes that kind of thing but there's a lot of tears I do think that this is for the best. They break up with each other. It's, I, I think there's no hard feelings, a little bit. Um, Vanessa and Xander go their separate ways, except, Vanessa, or not Vanessa, Xander goes deeper into the forest. Asia, before we move on to Xander's journey to another person, what did you think of Xander's and Vanessa's breakup?
3: It was surprisingly emotional, because I think by this point, everyone's rooting for it. Um, One thing that stuck out was that Xander said they feel more themselves just by being able to do this. You know, sounds like you're the winner here of the whole season. You were in something you shouldn't have been. You got to discover that, create a connection with someone else. Now you should really get out immediately. Um, And I... to add something, he said, Xander does mention they had not spoken to Yoli that day. So they go into this with no idea what Yoli has decided, but still knowing that regardless, their relationship with Vanessa is over. I think they handled it fairly maturely. I don't think there's a lack of love between these two. I don't think that anything we've seen is a lack of love. It's just not, it doesn't sound meant to be either.
2: It's, it's, I want to give Xander some credit here. Breaking up with Vanessa for Xander's own reasons and that kind of involve Yoli, but not knowing what Yoli is going to say and still breaking up with Nessa, you know what I will give you props because there there is a easier quote unquote easier scenario where Xander stays with Vanessa because she knows that Yoli and Mal propose to each other, so I want to give props. Like, you know what? You did it for yourself. I don't think that the relationship is about the last two. I do... They were together for so long, and they've known each other since high school. So I think at the same time, when you they're also losing a partner, they're also losing someone who is such a huge part in their lives. I think that's where the, a lot of the tears are come from. I hope... I I truly wish both of these people well i actually had no ill will towards either of them and i think this was for the best and their experiment this whole experiment really really helped them make that decision so you know what i i have snaps but that means zander xander immediately goes deeper into the forest to find yoli and when Yoli and Xander meet up. Yoli is giggling like a little (laughs) schoolgirl. Yoli is so happy to see Xander, but at the same time, there's a lot of tears because Yoli did accept Mal's proposal. Xander says that she feels that her and Yoli can do life together. And Xander and Yoli could really be something that could be good in both of their lives. But... Yoli explicitly says that Yoli doesn't feel confident in her choice with Mao's proposal. Wild to say that on television. And as, you know, they're trying to say goodbye to each other, Yoli says, I just want to walk off. And they walk off deeper into the forest, have a very long emotional hug. I'm, I'm curious to see if there was a smooch in the edit bay <laughs> that got deleted, because the tension here.
3: There's no
2: way they delete that. Really? I don't know, because the tension here was so palpable for the drama. That is true. That is true. I think I would keep it if I was a Netflix editor, but there was so... You could cut it with a knife, you know? I was hoping there would be a smooch just for the drama, but there was no smooch. There was a lot of holding and hugging. And as Xander is walking off, Yoli says, wait, come back! You know, have one more hug and they go their separate ways. (sighs) And part of me recognizes that this relationship probably meant a lot to Yoli. A lot to Yoli. And I recognize that. But at the same time, I would feel some type of way. If I was Mal and this is what my partner did after I proposed, it was a clean break. It was that hard. Man, there was so much tears. Deja, what did you think of Xander and Yoli's breakup?
3: I feel like if I could have declared just earlier that day that I am in love with someone and then I may never see them again home and crazy but I'm gonna have an emotional goodbye too and I feel like we were supposed to act as though it wasn't the case that Yoli just said that and Mal knew I think the fact that Yoli said directly before the proposal I'm in love with someone else is so stuck in my brain because it's like everything is in the context of someone they're in love with I also think did y'all the let's just walk off I honestly thought for a second that they were walking off of the show, that they were getting up and leaving together, just running away from everything. That shouldn't be so believable for someone who just proposed, who just accepted an engagement. Yeah. I,
2: I thought that too. I thought that too. And if that was a moment where it was like after the show, let's do what we wanted to do. But man, if I. We'll get into this in a reunion because it wasn't goodbye. It wasn't goodbye. And if it's this hard to say goodbye to Xander, and it's that hard to say yes to Mal. Maybe, maybe we could have taken a couple days to think about it. Maybe maybe just just maybe (laughs) but we'll get into that later on at the reunion because there was so much unsaid because we are moving on to ray and lexi and i did notice that on the way to um ray and Lexi's proposal spots they both brought purses and i thought "Mm, if they both have purses both of them are going to propose because you gotta have somewhere to keep the ring (laughs) and they are so nervous about the proposal and i was like oh if they're this nervous they're definitely gonna propose to each other i just know it and i will say this ray if you're listening that color green that's your color i will say best dressed for me for this episode ray and that green dress It, it looked wonderful so um they both proposed to each other and i thought it was interesting that since it wasn't, like, the, the mask and the femme person. Both of them proposed to each other. I thought that was interesting, too. And I did think that they had such wonderful things to be say, say to each other. I thought there was a lot of love for each other. And I do think that there was a lot of potential in this relationship. And I'm happy that they ended up proposing to each other. I was, I was rooting for them. I really was. Deja... What did you think of this proposal? Because this is probably my favorite one of the bunch, to be honest with you.
3: Of the proposals? Yeah, I think Ray and Luxie were my favorite one. Um, I do like what you brought up about the like gender dynamics with the proposals, because that's another thing that I'll continue to read from Joyce's email. Um, folks were using heterosexual traditions, like one person getting down on one knee and proposing to the other. In three of the four cases, it was the mask-presenting partner. In the final case, with Lexi and Ray, it's only that there was no mask-presenting partner. I completely agree. It's also strange. I think if you plucked a bunch of random queer couples who may want to get married soon out of an audience, very few of them, or maybe not very few, but there would be a wide range of presentations within that, more so than one is more femme, one is more mask. Mask One initiates, but that's what we saw for 80% of this show. Um, So I thought that was a little bit uh, odd to see it play out in that final moment, but it was refreshing to have Ray and Lexi kind of be a little bit more free from that dynamic. And they were sweet to each other. I mean, I think there were hints of issues in their relationship that we've already talked about. But they were sweet to each other. These proposals seem sweet and genuine. I do think these are two people who love each other. It just felt like there were so many cracks in the foundation for them. The love was there, but it, it doesn't mean that, again, marriage is the next step for them.
2: Yeah, I will. Yeah, you're, I think you're right. I will say this. Another note. Netflix, please give these people who are proposing a little blanket or a pillow to put their knees on so it doesn't hurt because, you know. Anyway, speaking of experience, you're going to want something some cushion there, you know. Or wear shorts, don't mess up your knees. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, the reason why I'm happy, even though there's a lot of cracks in this, because I was under the impression that these are things, the problems in the relationships are things that they could get over. Um... I thought so for sure, because Ray and Vanessa, even though they did um, do things under the sheets i I was under the impression that from let like, Ray and Vanessa's perspective that there was no there was no deep love between them. They did learn a lot from each other. But there was no deep love to pull Ray's attention away from Lexi. And as as far as Lexi and Mal goes, I thought that they had a really good deep friendship and they learned a lot from each other. So much so that Mal now believes in marriage. You know? And I thought that was a nice thing and that they could bring into Ray and Lexi's relationship. Uh, That being said, (laughs) sometimes I think that um, people propose just to just to move on, you know, the same way that some people use polyamory to fix relationships. I think some people use marriage to fix relationship problems. but that's a whole nother podcast Because <laughs> I think in this case, you know what? I don't want to put words in Lexi's mouth. I really don't, but sometimes I think that Lexi uses proposal. To secure Ray, to uh, make sure that Ray's attention is only focused on Lexi, you know? And I think my theory was slightly proved correct in the reunion, but we'll get to that right now. Um, because let's talk about the reunion. I have so much to say. And I want to point out that this reunion was filmed before the reception of the show and all the contestants are on separate couches, separate couches, separate places. So you don't know who's back together, and who's broken up. And as far as this reunion, when it was filmed, Ray and Lexi, they are together and they said it got easier once they proposed. And that proved my theory that, you know what? Once Ray is locked down, this is smooth sailing, you know? They still plan to get married. This is when Fingergate is brought up with the host. And Lexi brings up a wonderful point that I had not considered. Lexi says that queer people have sex differently than straight couples. And Lexi, in that conversation when she confronted Vanessa... Lexi was looking for definition of what sex looked like for Vanessa and what they would call sex. Um, sex. Lexi does apologize for the vulgarity and the confrontation of it all. And Vanessa does say that there wasn't romance behind it. They did it. It wasn't necessary, but they still did it. And Vanessa's not a part of their lives at all. And that's that. So, Deja, what did you think of this beginning of the reunion, and so far the reunion as a whole just starting out? Because it started off nice, didn't it?
3: (laughs) The second they sat down, I tried to make all these conclusions about why they were sitting where they were. Um, And very quickly, they were like, nope. Uh, One side's the ultimatum givers, one side's the ultimatum havers, and they were mixed up. Um, As far as Ray and Lexi go... It fell off immediately. Just like you said, that whole idea of like, now that you're locked in, things are good. Um, And one of the things that I felt like was a crack in the foundation of the relationship was that Lexi seemed to have a lot of control and Ray seemed very accustomed to giving it to her. I think one of the big things that we've talked about is that like need to immediately confess. Like, I, I, I did this, by the way. And like giving these details, like that's not... Totally normal in this situation. And it's interesting that you felt the need to make a promise and then you felt the need to confess and so on. Um, And then in that confrontation with Vanessa, I feel as though Lexi treated Vanessa as an aggressor out of the assumption that poor Ray can do no wrong. I see this act is wrong, so how could Ray want this? And to me, to apologize solely because they were vulgar about saying penetration, saying fingering and all this stuff, There was. The fact is, Ray felt the need to explicitly say, I consented because of how you cast that situation. That's a really terrible thing to put on Vanessa. Regardless of how you may feel about her attitude, her energy, her vibe, that's a really terrible thing to put on her. And it wasn't acknowledged. And again, there was aggression from Lexi in a moment where she really could have just owned up to it and moved on.
2: Are you Are you officially on the Vanessa wasn't that bad Train like me <laughs> Because
3: I feel like Vanessa really sucked in the dating Portion but yeah. like She once It was clear Xander was gonna Leave them she was just Trying to figure stuff out She wasn't really getting in anybody's business
2: No and I will say this maybe 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 we're fooled by Netflix editing. Maybe we are. But what we saw... Vanessa is not a war criminal, guys. <laughs> you would have thought she kicked puppies by the way people were acting on the internet towards Vanessa. <laughs> I, I, the, Vanessa may be annoying. But she's fine. She truly is fine. But speaking of Vanessa, let's move on to Vanessa and Xander. This really surprised me because of all the people who I thought would get back together, I thought Vanessa and Xander would maybe like try something out, but they did not communicate after the show. It was done and done. Vanessa says that they still love Xander as a friend. There's no chance of getting back together and when the host asked Xander this uh, question, Xander took the longest pause in the world. <laughs> like, are you, is there any chance of getting met together? Shut a Violi, shut a, back at Vanessa. And Xander says, No, there's no chance. They've moved on. Good for them. But Vanessa is truly, I would say, truly heartbroken. There's tears, there's sniffles. I feel bad for Vanessa, but that's th- that's the way the cookie crumbles, and that's the way it goes on the ultimatum. I promise you Vanessa you'll be fine uh, you'll be fine Deja were you surprised that they didn't communicate with each other during this time because I was surprised at least like the message DM or anything nope it's been silence
3: I wasn't surprised because Xander had to make the decision not to propose and to fully break things off without knowing whether or not Yoli was there um Xander still walked out with those desires of marriage, with those desires of starting a family, etc. But they knew that it was not going to be with Vanessa. I think that level of knowing made me feel like I understood immediately. They're not talking. And as much as I'm like, yeah, you know, Vanessa's not as bad as people have said. She went into this experiment thinking there was absolutely no way Xander would have any interest in someone. She even said... Maybe every three or four years, I just need to take a break and do something with someone else. And when it came down to it, Vanessa said that in four years of a relationship, she never once asked herself what she's bringing to the table. These are consequences for your actions, girly pop. That's all it really comes down to. You can't go that long without looking to... Four years, never trying to bring anything to the table. Yeah, it's going to add up and you don't necessarily
2: get another chance. Yeah. So, well, I wish them both the best. That's not the couple that surprised me the most. The couple that surprised me the most was Yoli and Mal. And talk about the world's biggest whip... Actually, no. That's not the world's biggest whiplash, because we'll get to that in a second. But Yoli and Mal host asks, hey, Mal, how are you and Yo Lee?" And Mal confidently says, we are happily broken up. Okay, we're starting off with a little heat. A little heat, but apparently only two weeks post-show. They lasted only two weeks post-show. Mal moved out. They had to try to have a vacation, and Mal moved out right after that vacation. And Mal makes the comment that Yoli has a history, a history of not being honest, because once Mal watched the show back, they started to put two and two together, and two plus three, and two plus five, and did all the math that Yoli wasn't being completely honest about what happened. Apparently, Yoli messaged Mal during the trial marriages, to not worry about Xander. It wasn't real. It's no big deal. I'm not really falling. Just don't worry about Xander. And Mal felt degraded watching this whole process back. Actually, Mal felt like a fool watching it back. But Mal said one good thing came out of this. And Mal says that Yoli inadvertently showed America how good. Of a partner that Mal is. And apparently, there's more tea because Xander and Yoli went to Coachella together. And Vanessa confirmed it. Confirmed that they went to Coachella together. And apparently, Xander and Yoli never stopped talking. And then. And then, Morty, apparently, Xander, and Yoli were planning a trip to Hawaii. And you know what? I, I, you know what? I, I wanna, I wanna be as kind as possible. As kind as possible to the participants in this particular situation. But, smell that? I smell a lot of bullshit, Asia. What do you smell in this whole
3: thing? <laughs> I there's so much going on. I wish everyone would just be quiet. Uh Mal, I feel really bad for. I can't imagine watching that was so incredibly hard. But I will say this. The worst thing that Yoli did was at that party. That was directly addressed and apologized for. It. On like it was there in the reunion.
2: You're right, you're and, right. Uh, you're right.
3: This relationship is, this entire triangle relationship thing going on with Yoli, Mal, and Xander, I think is showing a lot on how it's playing out in social media. Because somehow, even though Yoli and Xander participated in the same things, if you go right now and look at their comments on social media, Xander's the soft boy. Xander's posting about bell hooks. People are wishing them all the the best in the world. How they're taking care of themselves even though they both participated in this. Yoli's comments are things like, you've been exposed as a liar. I can't believe I used to root for you. You're just a snake. It's hard to understand how there can be different outcomes to two people involved in the same thing, except that one, y'all don't like Vanessa, because the same way that Yoli (laughs) was telling Mal, I love you and I care for you, Xander was telling Vanessa, I love you, going on hot air balloon late, saying, I don't know how I feel about Yoli. Mm. Guys, you can't blame just one and not the other. Absolutely not. And if you do, then you need to sit down with, one, the fact that just because you hate Vanessa, you think it's okay. And two, race and ethnicity. Because is this, is I don't know how we're getting problem? different outcomes. You're right, Is this you're a notebook
2: right. problem? Yeah, in The Notebook. You ever seen The Notebook? Greatest love story of all time? Maybe once. Oh, um, okay. Alright. Spoilers for The Notebook, everyone. But in that movie, Rachel McAdams and uh, what's his name? Ryan Gosling, they break Jenny up. Jenny Uh No, Ryan Gosling. They break up. They go their separate ways. After years, they find each other again. Rachel McAdams is marrying another man or married another man but as the audience we're rooting for rachel mcadams and ryan gosling because we like them more even though rachel mcadams is technically having an affair technically technically but we're rooting for that relationship because we like them more we want to see them together and is this a notebook in the way that do we want to see xander and yoli together just because we like them
3: and especially and do we want to see yeah. Mal as the hero just because we like them because mm, okay, I don't okay. know if there's a hero in this I think there's a lot of hurt feelings
2: Is there, I wouldn't say there's a hero I think people look better than some I will say and more importantly it's, it's so from what we know Xander and Vanessa fully broken up so Xander can do technically whatever they want. Side-eye. Because Xander was talking to a person who was engaged to someone else. We don't know the intent behind it. But, um, you know. Um, and I think it does cross a line. When you're planning Hawaii trip, you're planning trips with someone else. Uh, it's not a, it's not a. Oh, we just, uh I we got drunk one night and we did X, Y, Z. No, there was thought behind it. There was a plan that you were gonna. What? Go ahead, Deja. You don't. You don't think I think the plan? Netflix
3: edit. Well, I don't know. I feel like that's a situation Hawaii? where the Netflix edit really confused me. Here's why.
2: One, okay, okay. them
3: bringing up Coachella, I think they were trying to respond to a controversy that hadn't happened. I'm guessing that somewhere in those two years, Yoli and Xander were like seen at Coachella or something, or something was posted. And they had to address it the kind of the same way they tried to name Fingergate, because it was like almost this kind of knowing. So, should we talk about Coachella? What happened at Coachella? I don't know. <laughs> I'm lost. In two, there was a point where there was a really sharp cut um, where Vanessa explains a thing about Hawaii. Yoli kind of denies. Xander admits. And then Yoli says, Oh, yeah, we said, like, I can come visit you in Hawaii. Side note, it's not as though they were planning a vacation to a tropical island. Xander just lives in Hawaii. Xander lives there. Back to the point when it cut... Mal starts talking about flights being planned and, like, in tickets booked. But before that, there's no mention of it. So Netflix cut out either a portion of the conversation where they discuss that the plans had gone beyond just, I should come visit you, or they cut out people saying, no, it wasn't that on either end of Mal's comment about planning tickets because no one else says that in the episode we get. And we don't have any clarity. To me, this is the worst edited Netflix reality show I've ever seen as far as clarity.
2: Really? Whoa. Okay, Absolutely. Clarity. Okay. Here. Even if, okay, I, I will say this. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll dig on myself. Maybe I'm just broke. But... <laughs> you are at the point where you are planning flights with a person who is not your wife, girlfriend, etc., etc., and your partner doesn't know about it, and you don't want them to know about it. Shady, shadiness. There's, there's darkness. But were they, in they at the that water. point?
3: Were they <laughs> at that point? Some, like something got cut either before or after Mal suggested that. You don't think they were? And we don't know if... I just... I feel like nothing about this cut has made it clear to me for sure. Because they switched the conversation immediately after.
2: Yeah.
3: They didn't let it continue. And then what they went to was so high energy that I felt like I couldn't understand. And this is something that people have been pointing out a lot on TikTok and social media. that the edit on this is rough. They will have one conversation, but somehow, in the beginning of it, they have lipstick on, in the middle they don't, then lipstick again, then not, (laughs) then not. It's like, okay, so this isn't one conversation. You splice together three. Three different conversations happening, and we're supposed to see it as one. I don't know that I could say if the correction made after that was, no, Mal, we didn't do that. Or if before Mm. that, there was Vanessa revealing tickets.
2: Okay. I will give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll give them. Benefits. I'm
3: gonna give them just the doubt.
2: <laughs> Your lawyer has no defended you well, Yoli.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna give them doubt, no benefits, because I think at the end of the day, it was shysty behavior, Shysty yeah. behavior yeah. that they are getting too much blame for. Shysty? I've heard that word before. What's that? I'm just, I'm just creative. I'm a little Doctor Seuss about it. <laughs>
2: It's, it's it's the new fetch oh my god <laughs> speaking of fetch um, we are going to give you another trigger warning because we are going to be talking about Tiff and Mildred a uh, trigger warning for domestic violence so Tiff and Mildred are not on speaking terms apparently Tiff dog, Shiloh, had emergency surgery, and after after being told not to, contacted Mildred over Christmas. Mildred then says that Tiff never had a job while they were engaged, and after a fight where Mildred threw a baby gate at Tiff, Tiff called the cops on Mildred and had Mildred arrested. And apparently there were a lot of things thrown. uh, Picture frames and the baby gate, like I said before. And Mildred accuses Tiff of bringing other women to the house. And on Tiff being on a dating app. Mildred found sex board games and eyeliner. And apparently Mildred doesn't use eyeliner but they came in the mail and Tiff walks off set so I want to say this Um, I want to say this that number one believe women believe women I want to say that right off the bat number two I also want to use language that protects us from any legal retorts (laughs) I do want to say that. So if what Tiff is claiming about Mildred is true, then I think that it's highly irresponsible for Netflix to invite Tiff's source of violence to the reunion and have them in the same room. Legalese, real quick. If what Tiff is saying is true. And... I also think that it's very dangerous... Or ill-advised... To then take all this... And then air it to the world. Because... Now we have people... Who... Are... Don't believe what Tiff is saying about Mildred. Right? You know, you are... Allowing the possibility of doubt to be there when a lot of people in domestic situations, domestic violence situations, are already worried about the heaping amount of doubt that people will throw about them when they talk about what has happened to them. So, Deja, where are you at with it? Because this whole conversation and this part of the reunion felt to me... Irresponsible. What did you think?
3: It felt incredibly irresponsible. I completely agree. I think that... I would go even farther to say that whether what Tiff says is true or not, I will always rather stand with a liar than an abuser. 150% of the time. Err on the side of caution. Caution. Believe those who've been affected by all kinds of violence. That's it. I'd rather stand with a liar than an abuser, whether it's true or not. Uh, And I think that for me and for a lot of people, this, along with the rest of the reunion, it left a sour taste about the season. It just felt as though a Mm -hmm. lot of these people should not have been on the show in the first place, were put through pain, were kind of splayed open to be watched, and all for fruitlessness. Because we're about to get into Aussie and Sam. And to your points earlier, if the best quote-unquote success story that this season has is a long engagement, (laughs) then there's no success story. This is all about marriage. There's no success story Is it meant to be successful
2: or is it meant to be entertaining?
3: Well, I think that's the issue is that... To some degree, these people were put in this situation and made to take it as seriously as though it could be successful. But they were in the Hunger Games this entire time. Uh, Yoli had a like hilarious TikTok about the production crew talking and being like, Oh, the location for your second trial marriage? It's hell. You're in hell, guys. It literally felt like every second was the last episode of The Good Place Season 1. This is the bad place over and over again. Spoilers. Um, it felt. <laughs> Sorry guys, it been a couple years. <laughs> it felt so irresponsible up until the very end, and this was just the pinnacle of irresponsibility. A lot of people I know just felt like after that the whole thing left them sick to their stomach. It's.
2: I, I did note that Tiff pulled an Aussie,
3: <laughs> but
2: um, I. It, it, speaking of Aussie, it did make me reframe the relationship between Mildred and Aussie. It did make me rethink that. And I'm wondering if there is something that we didn't see because of Netflix editing. And maybe, maybe, perhaps we were too harsh on Aussie in previous instances. And I also don't want to... How do I say this? I don't want to say that Mildred was always capable of doing something like this. I don't want to say that because that's irresponsible, too. But it does reframe the way I look at Aussie and Mildred's relationship. Did it? Did you have that same kind of, like... Closer examination yeah. as I did, Deja.
3: This was the moment that really set it for me that this is the worst edited Netflix reality TV show I've seen. When Aussie brought up gaslighting within the show, even going back and looking at it, it was largely in response to critiques that we could see were true. <laughs> you don't talk to me. You're gaslighting me. You don't clean. You're gaslighting me. We, all the context we have focuses on Aussie's avoidant behavior. We have no context beyond that. And again, we talk about it constantly on this show. We're in an edited environment. This is something that we don't have all the context for. We don't know these people's histories. Uh, And ultimately, they're real people, not characters. We always, always return to that. But I think this edit made it harder than it needed to be to feel and understand that. To... Gain some legible understanding of who these people are and how they're presenting themselves. It, it was almost impossible to really walk away with the consensus. It feels almost like some people didn't watch the same show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can't. It, it's, very responsible. But Aussie and Sam are still together. And they seem really happy. <laughs> uh, Aussie's family still doesn't know about Sam or Aussie being queer. But that's okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> and then the reunion pretty much is over. Everyone gets up. They start hugging. And, you know, like, it was great seeing you, this, that, and the other. And then they all lived happily ever after. Except for that title card at the end, where, shortly after filming, Ray and Lexi broke up. Oh. Okay. Um, Put
3: and a little damper on things.
2: This. And that's the end of the ultimatum. But, well, apparently, did we you do see have on TikTok, a up- Yeah, the audio yeah. description. Deja, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell the
3: world what we you We do know. have a little bit of an update on Lexi. Let me open it up so I can read it directly, Lord. I saved it. Good. No, I didn't. Lexi is in a new relationship. And they moved in together within four months of knowing each other. Commitment does not seem to be a problem anymore. And they are very happy to finally be open about their relationship on TikTok. Hey, good for them.
2: You know what? There's a lot I could say. There's a lot I could say. Some of it... Some of it... Some of it... Some of what I could say... Is that... After... Such a long relationship with Ray and Lexi. After a long journey together. Knowing that this reunion was filmed in January. And... That being said, so it's January, February, March, April, May, June. So that means two months after this deep relationship with Ray, where you thought you were going to get married, you proposed to each other. Two months after that was filmed. Lexi moved on that quick. (laughs) Um, I will say. I wish you the best, Lexi. Uh, and maybe, 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 maybe your heart wasn't in it with right. <laughs> I don't know the details of the breakup. I don't know that. But, like, because we have it literally nothing. Lexi, I hope you are happy in your beautiful new relationship. I don't know what to say about it because it, that's quick. That is so quick.
3: Nothing gives quarter-life crisis Like going on a reality TV show Getting engaged Ending an engagement Getting in a new relationship Moving in with them With four months Something about being attacked By like slum lords Who knows, Lexi All of these things It's given quarter-life crisis And you'll make it through to the midlife So Godspeed, I guess Godspeed, Lexi And Ray
2: If you're listening I would love Love to hear your side of the story. Ray, what happened? Please, Ray, if you're listening to this... Wait, hold on. You know what? David, make this a TikTok. Ray, if you are listening to this video or podcast, we would love to hear your side of the story. Apparently, there was something that happened between you and Lexi at the end. There was an audio description missing or something. But, Ray, if you're listening, please... Tell us your side of the story. Come on our podcast. Let's hope that works. <laughs> Deja, let's wrap up this episode. And let me, what did you think of the ultimatum as a whole? And what did you think of this reunion, these last couple episodes of the proposal? What did you think of it all?
3: This is probably the last Netflix reality show I will be able to watch. It was a little painful, a little hard, and unless they make some real changes in how they approach editing, uh, how much information people have before they go into it, it's gonna keep getting worse, I fear, because um, the season started really interesting, really great, lots of really interesting contestants. Um, it just went downhill. And I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple months we find out more that makes us uh, kind of grimace at what this season has been. So, Netflix, do better. All the contestants if there be lots of it. It can't uh, be the last. Each man. Other.
2: Come on, it can't be the last.
3: You can't leave me you out know, here on this. Like microphone. I said, Justin, you were the one and only person who could convince me otherwise. So, well, you know, Justin made puppy dog eyes. I. It, it, all right, guys. I'll probably watch some more. <laughs> you got me pretty quick.
2: Listen, listen. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't know if it's official, but like we're not gonna be covering the Bachelor. But if I'll be watching, I'll be rooting for Charity, one thousand percent. Charity, I'm with you till the end. That being said... And your undercover brother. And your undercover brother. Oh my gosh. You know, yes, uh, we'll be watching it. Uh, We'll be tweeting about it. But, Charity... You in danger, girl. (laughs) You in danger. (laughs) Okay. uh, That will be it for this week's episode of Decoding Reality. And this is the end of our coverage of the ultimatum... Queer love. As a reminder, you can find more episodes of this very podcast and whatever gets covered next at decodingreality.tv. And please email us at decodingtv at gmail.com on, on what we should cover next and what we should be watching. And you can find this on TikTok at tiktok.com decodingreality slash at decoding reality. Deja, where can people marry or move on? Or send their ultimatums to.
3: (laughs) They can send their ultimatums to Deja Talks TV on all platforms. That's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Justin, if people want to get down on one knee, where do they get their advice?
2: Um, Be sure to get a blanket or a pillow. And you can find those wherever toys are sold. At Freddy's Roommate on Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitter tiktok thank you so much for listening for our coverage of the ultimatum we hope to see you or listen to you again sometime and i hope you have a great day bye
3: Bye.
0: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen